want to learn how to interpret and teach the entire Bible in a way that is Christ-centered and clear? Learn with us here on the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast, where we have conversations about Christ and all the scriptures for every Christian and how to make uh, how to make that clear. And today, uh, we're going to be looking at Judges again. I have with me Jeff Hay uh, and, and John Aiken, I'm, and I'm Nate Aiken, the host here. And uh, we're going to be uh, trying to finish up the last few chapters of Judges. And so we're going to jump in at Judges 17 and 18. Uh, Jeff, we're going to start, as we always do, uh, giving a summary of the text uh, for those who might be in their car. Uh, I don't know if Judges 17 and 18 is the one that most of us memorize uh, and hide in our heart, uh, even though we should. Uh, so give a summary of Judges 17 and 18, then we'll talk about how it points to Christ and how we apply it to our lives. Okay, yeah, well, it probably is not as well known as we uh, know because there's no judge in it. We're uh, in different territory. There's no usual cycle, no cry, no judge, no deliverer. We are in real decline, and really the writer is describing these times when everybody is doing fit in their own eyes. Uh, and so it's kind of, we've got a double ending, I would say, two narrative scenes in 17 and 18, and also chapters 19 to 21, like there's two intro sections at the beginning. So we're into the, the final uh, end, uh, and the judges were, uh, all appear in chapters 3 to 16, we've just finished with. Uh, Samson. So here there's no judge, we're in decline, and we get introduced to this guy Micah in chapter 17 verse 1, who has actually stolen from his mother, uh, but maybe his conscience gets the better of him and he gives it back, but what does his mother do? His mother decides, I'll give it to the Lord and make a carved image and cast an idol and, and gives it back to Micah. So it's interesting here. Uh, she's acknowledging there's a God, but making an idol. And I mean, we'll get into interpretations later, but it's pretty clear they're breaking the second commandment of worshiping images of God. And so Micah really then ends up having his own little sh religious shrine in his house that we read about in verse five, his own little religious place. Uh, and he makes an ephod and some idols and installs one of his sons as a priest. And in case we are in any doubt that what he's doing is wrong, the writer says in verse 6, a key verse, In those days, Israel and no king, everyone did uh, what was right in his own eyes. And that is really what uh, Micah is doing. He is setting up his own place of worship in his own home. In many ways, he's making up his own religion. And we can think how that can apply later on. But then the narrative continues and we come across this guy in verse 17 to 13, a young Levite guy who's left his home place and comes across Micah. So Micah realizes he's a Levite and he thinks, well, here's a way I can make my religious place better uh, because he's got a priestly background. And so he installs this Levite as his own priest. And at the end of verse 13, we see the motivation behind it, where Micah says, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me because I have a Levite as my own priest. Uh, so 
He had his own religion. Then he got a, a priest. But why is he doing that? Because he wants to benefit from it. And so then the narrative continues in the chapter 18. And we come across the, uh, the, da- the Danites. And they leave a place they, they shouldn't have. They uh, are a tribe seeking for their own inheritance to dwell in. Uh, and the people of Dan come across, they're really a little bit like the Levite guy. They're exploring the land, which they shouldn't have done. They were allocated territory further south. And so they send spies or warriors, we read about in verse 2, to check an area out. And they come across Micah and this young Levite priest. And they even ask guidance from God in verse 5, from Micah's priest, of what they should do. And so they go back and the and report to their people and say in verse 9, we found a great place, basically. We need to capture it. Uh, we need to make and settle in the land there. And so they gather 600 men uh, to go up and capture this land. And on the way, they stop at Micah's house again. Then what do they do? Well, they actually steal the carved images, the ephod, the household gods, and they take the priest. So they actually steal. But in many ways, when you think about it, the Danites are just like Micah. Micah had already stolen the money and now they're stealing from Micah. And why are the Danites wanting to do it? Well, they're wanting to have a bit of religion in their new territory. They're wanting their own religious place, which is, again, the Danites are acting like Micah. And so the Levite guy who was appointed as a, a priest in uh, Micah's home, well, he doesn't come across in good light either because he agrees to go with them. He sees, I suppose this is a promotion for him when they ask him, surely it's better to serve a tribe than just one man's household down there in verse 19. And so he goes, yep, I'll go with the, the bigger crowds, the, the, the more people. Uh, and what we see is everybody is using this religious rituals uh, uh, for their own benefit. So then what happens? Well, then Micah realizes he's lost his priest and his stuff and he goes after them and he says, and you've, look, you've taken me. In, in fact, verse 24 is a, an interesting verse where he says, you've taken the gods that I made and the priest and go away. And what have I left? Which is kind of ironic. What sort of God is one that you have to make? Uh, and so they, but he goes after him, says, you've taken the gods I've made. And then they basically, what, are you going to fight us, the Danites? And so he chickens out. And the Danites take all the idols uh, and everything and go, and they go into the land and, and kill an unsuspecting people and settle down in the land. It's called Laish, uh, which is outside of Israel and not part of Dan's inheritance. And then what do they do? They, they set up their own religious place towards the end of the Narrative verse 30, it talks about the people of Dan setting up a carved image for themselves. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of captivity of the land. And so they set up Micah's carved image that he had made as long as the house of God was at Shiloh. So they have made their, the Danites have made their own religious place, but clearly it's wrong because they're showing at the verse 30, uh, that uh, the house in 31, the house of God was actually at Shiloh. They had done wrong. So that is more or less the narrative of the story. John, anything you'd add in? No, I think it's a great summary. The, the, the only thing I would just add as a 
an addition onto what he's um, said is, so you have this basically a false exodus. What's hap- what's happening here um, in the story in the storyline? So they 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 build a house right for their god. There's a priesthood established. There's spies who spy out the land. They conquer the city. They burn the city, etc. But it's a it's a facade, and then the um the the most striking thing is that most likely uh this is Moses's grandson uh is the is this is this uh levite and so you have the two generations removed from Moses is an apostate and uh God's house is at Shiloh it's not with them and then the tribe of Dan is not mentioned ultimately in heaven uh in the in the book of revelation so um, so it looks like, it seems like God is blessing Dan. Everything's going their way. There's this new exodus and conquest type thing, but it's, it's all a facade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, what textual questions and, and kind of issues do, do arise? I mean, obviously, Je- Jeff, you already mentioned one, there's no judge here in Judges, but what else, what are some of the key things to, that uh, study, people studying the text would need to be aware of? I would say that these two uh, these two, what I call appendices, and other scholars call appendices, at the end of the book. So it's like the 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 judge storyline ends with Samson, and then you have these two concluding narratives at the end, and they actually are chronologically prior to. They're they're not at the end of the judges period. They're chronologically prior to, but it just it's showing the downward spiral of Israel and just. How bad things have gotten in Israel, and then obviously, as Jeff mentioned, the key refrain, "No king in Israel, every man did what was right in his own eyes is um it's giving us two very clear you know um exhibit A and exhibit B of that reality mm. Jeff yeah, no, it's just really showing the decline, isn't it there's the uh, and there is links even with the first couple of chapters whenever we talk about Moses' uh, grandson being uh, in this uh, generation. And in chapter two, it talked about a whole generation that, that arose that did mm-hmm. not know the Lord or the work of what he has done. So it is uh, frightening how quickly that can happen. Well, John, why don't you unpack how does this point us to, to Christ? So the the main thing I did in this in this message in terms of how it pointed to Christ is obviously uh, contrast this this idea that they they need a king, uh, and it, not only a king, you'll see in the Samuel narrative not not just a king like the kings of the nations, but they they need a king who's going to lead them to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord, and so um, so that's that's the main way. I, again, I and we'll get into this more in application. I'm. I spent a lot of time in application and explanation, just pointing out the ways that they're taking the forms of religion and then just subverting them, twisting them, corrupting them. Um, and so, on the outside, or to them, it may have looked like they were worshiping the Lord in the right way, or they were doing the right things. But it. But we see in in the end uh, that they've deceived themselves. And so the the. The main thing is to say this is a clear indication of our need for Christ, for our our need of a king, 
um, not like the kings of the nations, but but one who is is going to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And then, um, I just talked. I did talk briefly about Israel needed to approach God at the tabernacle in the right way, uh, and they needed a king to save and to lead them. And then, so many years later, Israel and we got exactly what we needed. The Word became flesh, tabernacled among us. We beheld His glory. We come to the Father in worship only through Him. Uh, and Jesus is the King Israel waited all those years for. And, um, and so that's, that's how I pointed to Jesus in this, in this passage. Jeff? N- nothing surprising. Uh, uh, very much the same. Uh, linked it to Israel and no king. Jesus is the true king who will rule rightly. But the danger is that that's the same message every time in Judges. And so only if it's I, you. <laughs> that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, there he goes again. But I think you can bring out here not just he's a true king, but also he's a true priest. Because you've got the unfit, you've got the mm-hmm. contrast as John was talking about, and the kings in the text. But we've got the the unfaithful priest uh, who's out for his own gain. Uh, and Christ is the, the true priest who denies himself. And, and and then not only is he the true king and the true priest, as John mentioned, he's, he's a true tabernacle. I think there is that mm-hmm. contrast where actually in chapter 17, verse 5, it talks about Micah and his household of gods. And then the very last refrain in, in chapter 18, verse uh, 31 regarding the house of God remained at, at Shiloh. So he, Jesus is also the true tabernacle and it's only through Jesus do we get forgiveness where true worship is found and, and through worshiping him, yeah, him it won't end up in ruin and disappoint, but that's getting on to application. So there's, there's a few different options you can go and you could tie it all together as a true king, the true priest, the true tabernacle. Mm. Hey, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and jump into application then? Well, I think some of it's already been mentioned, but what we see here is a little bit of, uh, which can happen in any culture and in our culture, people still having an appearance of religiosity, Mm -hmm. people still using God, uh, but worshiping in a way that is not correctly. And we can do that ourselves. People make up a God of their own image, their own Mm -hmm. idol, uh, reshaping gods into their own thinking. Uh, it can look religious, but it's actually wrong. And there's plenty of man-made religion around today, and you can apply into that. So people making up their own religion. And then, of course, these guys were also doing it to try and benefit and gain from it. Uh, and so people can do the same with religious rituals, even whether it's going through baptisms, communions, various things, reciting prayers, whatever it is. And you can get into other more, not as uh, traditional religions, but people trying to do certain things to mm-hmm. for their own benefit. Uh, uh, so you can really go, this doesn't work, and then point to how Jesus and only worshipping him ultimately won't disappoint because even these things it, as they worship in the wrong way it led to ruin it didn't satisfy it didn't work uh, and ultimately mm-hmm. worshiping 
gods and and the wrong way won't work good stuff john what about for you what what some applications yeah, so just i mean i had seven points of application and so just stick with me i'll just try to go through this briefly but so so i started i started the message just again thinking about this idea of no king in israel every man did what was right in his own eyes that we we need where, where there is the absence of godly authority then chaos and depravity ensue and um, mm-hmm. and so I use this opening illustration. Just Nate, you'll know the story. When when our parent, we were seniors in high school. Our parents were out of town. We had a friend named Brian that we, um, for whatever reason, high school boys are idiots, you know. And we decided there was a local <laughs> park about a mile from our house, a little less than a mile from our house. We decided to strip him of his clothes and just toss him out in the park and make him run back to our house because he was staying staying the night. And so I just tell the story of, of all that you know. They're just the uh, high school idiocy that that included. <laughs> and then, and then just said, you, you know, just ask the question, is there any way we would do that if our dad was home? I mean, our, you know, there's no way if Danny Aiken was in the house, there's no way that that would have happened. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and so that's just a, again, just this idea of like, we don't like authority. And so I'm really trying to, to, to push in to my congregation. You, you complain about your boss. Um, you complain about your teachers, students, you complain about your coaches, athletes, you complain about your pastors, members, you complain about the Remember. government. Um, and like ancient Israel, we want to live life on our own terms. And so I go through seven things that I see in the story of when we live life on our own terms, here's what happens. And so those are when we live life on our own terms, it, immorality will run rampant. And so that early part of the story with Micah, theft, idolatry, all of these different things are happening. Second, we live life on our own terms. We create gods that are palatable to us. And so I talk, I just talk about him creating this false image. And God, God forbids images for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons why is because images only reveal part of his nature, but they conceal others. And so mm-hmm. I, I talk about, there, there was a lady in our church uh, when I was in Middle Tennessee who would give out these pictures of Jesus smiling, the pictures of whatever she thought Jesus looked like smiling and that she would pray to this picture and then just imagine Jesus being happy with her and granting her request. And, and it's just like, you know, that's, that's idolatry. That's image worship. That's not Jesus that you're praying to. Um, and that we would rather pick and choose a God with the attributes that are palatable to us um, and filter out the things that are not, as acceptable to us. And so we create a God in our own imagination. Uh, and that's exactly what they were doing here in the story. And that's what we're doing. They're, 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 they're creating a God who's going to bless what they do uh, rather than the God who's going to confront them and tell them, no, 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 you shouldn't go do those things. Um, mm-hmm. Third, when we live life on our own terms. We combine paganism with Christianity. And so just talking about how Micah had the forms of the true Israelite worship, but he's mixing it with pagan, the pagan religion of his day. Uh, he's, he's, he's basically, he's not worshiping God as God wants to be worshiped. He's trying to manipulate him um, mm. to, to do what he wants. And that's, that's paganism, whether it's uh, cults or people who, sacrifice, who make sacrifices or it's people who say, well, I'm going to go back to church so that my family will get right or that you know, God will give me the job I want or whatever it is. Um, when we live life on our own terms, we set aside God's word for our own preferences. And so Dan directly disobeys the command of God to conquer the land that he allotted to them. And then they seek a pastoral blessing on their refusal to obey the word of God. And so I talk about 
people who try to get pastoral blessing to divorce their wife when they don't have a biblical reason to justify, justify that or whatever. Um, and so we need to obey God's word, his revealed will as it's revealed in scripture. Um, five, when we live life on our own terms, we set aside God's word for a quote, direct answer from God. So God had, I talk about God had given Micah, the Levite, the Danites, all they needed to know what they were supposed to do, but they didn't see that as enough. So they engineered this fake priesthood, this fake ephod to give them direct answers. And I talk about how so many people in evangelical churches now think they need something extra beyond the word um, Mm. to, to know exactly what to do and that the word is sufficient. Six, we live life on our own terms. Even the preachers reject following God. So I talk about, um, you know, this this Levite who who leaves for as as Jeff said a promotion, um, which is not a promotion at all because he's he's telling the Danites what they wanted to hear. He's giving them what their itchy ears want to hear. He goes with the money. Uh, he's a hireling. You know, all, all of these different things. And the last is when we live life on our own terms, uh, we may think we're blessed when we're cursed. And so again, I, I use that false exodus imagery that to them, it may look like they have the favor of God because all of these things seem to be prospering and seem to be going in a successful way, but they don't, they don't really. And that, that you can do things uh, where you reject God and you live life on your own terms where you may think, Hey, things are going well for me. This is, uh, you know, this is working out. Uh, But in the end, it's, it's not going to work out. And so I, so I, I mainly um, really, kind of went on this whole, like, when you live life on your own terms, here's what it, you know, here's what's going to result as a, as a consequence. Well, we'll, we'll finish up judges in the next, uh, in the next episode. We do appreciate you listening to the Christ centered and clear podcast. Thank you for listening to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at ChristCenteredAndClear at gmail.com and please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources.